Hello again, as you may or may not know, I am Eli the Computer Guy and INE has invited me down to their Durham, North Carolina office in order to do interviews with many of the networking and technology professionals in the area. I'm here with Stephen DePippo today, who is the Team Lead Network Consulting Engineer Level 4 at Cisco. Hey Eli. Hey. So then, what is a Team Lead Network Consulting Engineer for? At Cisco. That's kind of a loaded question. <laughs> That's a loaded one. Yes. Um, so the way that I like to explain my job to people is, yeah. you know, everybody's familiar with Cisco TAC. Okay. So if something breaks, you know, you can call into the Technical Assistance Center and get help. Yeah. That's the reactive side of Cisco. Okay. So yeah. now switch gears and think about the uh, the other side of, of network engineering at Cisco, which is the proactive side. Yeah. So the the job title network consulting engineer. That's basically an optional service that customers can sign up for, and mm. then it, it's a way that we can come in and do consulting work against the network. Okay. So in other words, how can we help the customer optimize the network? That's mm. kind of the role of the network consulting engineer. So think reactive versus proactive. So like, because talking with a lot of people, these, these job descriptions don't make, seem to make sense half the time. So are you actually doing like physical work on the network or are you just doing high level consulting? Somebody should put a switch there or you get mm, actually putting a switch in. That's a good question because <laughs> I, I do a lot of job interviews to you know, hire people into the team and, and yeah. one of the things that I always make sure to mention because it's, it's not abundantly clear off the bat is as a consultant, we actually don't spend time in the customer's network so we don't hmm. actually have access most of the time into their devices. Yeah, so okay. um, we do have ways to, to gather their data, you know, running configurations, hardware information, and then make recommendations based on that. Yeah. But I don't log into customer devices every day anymore okay. um, like I used to at, at my at previous jobs. Um, so it, it's very, we, we give the recommendations, right? We, we lead the horse to water, but we don't actually do the implementation. Yeah. Uh, and we don't definitely don't do most of the time physical rack and stack or anything like that. Real. Okay. So so your big claim to fame, you are our first out of all these interviews, is you are an official you're a double C C C I Yeah, thanks. Um, so so until I come down here to Durham, um, I had always thought like CCIE, like you get your CCIE, it's kinda like a PhD. Like you may continue studying other stuff, but you don't normally get a dual PhD. Um, and that's how I figured CCIE was. But apparently down here, you guys are so smart, like double CCIE. That's the, well, if you don't have three, what are you doing? Um, so I guess why, why go for a double CCIE? Yeah, so, so as I'll tell anybody, you know, yeah. I, I'm the walking Cisco commercial for the Cisco certifications. Yeah. And the reason is because of my background. Okay. So I went to school in Florida at the University of South Florida in Tampa. Yeah. And that's where I got a bachelor's degree in environmental science. Oh, okay. Uh, during college, I was a bartender. And yeah. so, you know, I had this mix of bartending, environmental science. And, and then I graduated college and said, you know, if ever there was a time to take a chance in life, pick up and go, you know, it's now, right? I've, got, I've really got nothing to lose. I've got a fresh bachelor's degree. I, I'm, I'm just bartending, you know, yeah. I could do that anywhere. Mm -hmm. So my, my wife, who is, was my girlfriend at the time, we picked up and we said, let's go to North Carolina. And it was kind of almost on a whim. I mean, we didn't really know anybody. Really? Yep, yeah. and, and so, uh, you know, we just knew that we could pick up those types of jobs, you know, here. So, so we moved up and I did, I picked up a bartending job yeah. and I, I was looking around for environmental science jobs and I just wasn't having any luck. Okay. So I kind of settled into bartending. I did that for about a year and a half and, mm. and just on one chance day, yeah. 
I had a customer come into the bar and it was just a slow day. And I asked him, I said, what do you do? You know, what's your job? <laughs> yeah. And he said, well, I'm a network engineer. And I huh. said, so, so what do you do? Like, I, don't, I don't know what that is. You know, I've never heard of that. I don't know what it is. And he told me about the job. And then I said, yeah, you know, I think I might have made a mistake in school. I think maybe I'm going to go back and do something with computers. I think that's kind of where I should be. Okay. And he said, dude, don't go back to school. He said, there's this thing called the CCNA, the Cisco Certified Network Associates Cert. Yeah. And he's like, buy this book. It's cheap. You know, buy the book, take the test. If you like it, great. If not, you know, you wasted a little bit of money, but not much. And, and yeah. you know, just see if it's for you. So I said, okay. I bought the book. Yeah. Slow nights in the bar. I was literally standing at the end of the bar reading my book. Yeah. And uh, then I took the test. I got CCNA certified and yeah. like got a job in IT. Really? Uh, so that's, that really started me off on, I mean, that was a huge life changer for me. I finally figured out, you know, I have a, a possibility for a career here. Yeah. And once I got that CCNA, Man, I became a Cisco certification advocate so fast. Well, well, what what was the motivation there? Because and we were talking about this off camera, but it's like you know, if you're a kid nowadays, you you see the next Facebook, you see app development, you see systems administration, networking isn't something you see. Like I can't even imagine. Like when when I learned networking, it was after already knowing sysadmin. So I can't imagine sitting there not knowing even sysadmin work figuring out TCP IP addresses. That doesn't even, like what was the motivation there? Was it pure money or were you actually, was there something about the numbers that was really interesting or? Part of it was definitely financial. I mean, yeah. one of the things about being a bartender is you never know how much money you're gonna make that day, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, if it's not a Saturday or a Friday night, you know, you might be walking away with just a little bit of money. Okay. Yeah. Um, so financial was definitely a driver, but the other piece of it was, you know, I, I wanted to make sure I was in an industry that was stable, yeah. um, you know, something that I knew that I could do forever. You know, when you bartend, you're standing on your feet all day. You, yeah. you can't do that forever, mm -hmm. right? So I needed a job where I, I really wanted the desk and the computer and, <laughs> yeah. and, and I looked at corporate and said, oh man, I want a corporate job after all this bartending. <laughs> right. um, so, so that was a big driver for me. And um, ultimately, th thankfully it all worked out, but uh, you know, it was the CCNA that proved to me that there was, there was room yeah. to have some instant reputation when you get your certifications. You know, you can walk in a room and prove that you know something, right? Yeah, yeah. And and I think because it's an industry respected certification, I think that was a big deal for me. Yeah. But but you know, how did I get to networking instead of sysadmin or, yeah, or programming yeah, like yeah. you asked? Pure chance, you know. Chance, um, okay. I, I hadn't. I, I was a blank slate. I had <laughs> no prior knowledge of really any IT sort of technologies. I, I, I didn't know which direction to go. I didn't even know there was really options. Yeah. I just happened to have a guy come into a bar and tell me about computer networking and so that's the way I went. Well, that's interesting because a lot of people, you get in this whole argument nowadays, like passion has become such a buzzword that I hate with a passion. <laughs> so, but it's interesting how you say that. So again, so you, this was not a passion. You did not, you did not wake up at six years old and decided you wanted to route packets or whatever. <laughs> no, although my mother will tell you that she always told me to, that I should have a, some sort of computer science major in college. And uh, I, I always was, you know, on the computer as a kid and I was always good with the computer as a kid. And yeah. she, she'll tell you that she always tried to push me that way, but yeah. she's ultimately supported my decision to go for environmental science. Um, so I do think that there's something there, like you do have to naturally have, you know, this motivation to move towards IT yeah. uh, because reading a Cisco certification book, it's not glorious, right? Yeah. If you're not interested in it, 
you're, you're probably not going to finish it. Yeah. So I, I do think that there's some sort of natural thing there that you either want to do it and you're interested or you're not. Yeah. Okay. But then going back though, the cool part, the, the double CCIE. So what, <laughs> what's, what's the purpose of the double CCIE other than you are cool? Well, so really my job was the motivation for my second one. Uh -huh. the, the first one, I, I knew that I wanted it. Once I got my CCNA, I knew that was the target goal. And ultimately I did achieve my CCIE route switch, which was my first one. So yeah. that was back in 2013. And, um, you know, so once I, I completed that, I kind of said, all right, you know, I think maybe I'll take a little break for now. Yeah. But the way that the industry moved and the way that my job works is, we, when we structure our teams for our job, we structure in technology buckets. And what I mean is routing and switching team, collaboration team, security team, wireless team, data center team, et cetera, right? And the yeah. list goes on. For me, working on the route switch team as a routing and switching NCE, network consulting engineer, I found that there are a ton of customers who also have Nexus switches, data center switches, yeah. Uh, UCS and, and you know storage switches and so there's a lot of bleed through so just because we happen to sell consulting services in these technology buckets doesn't mean that the customer isn't gonna you know purchase a routing and switching consulting um, but then ask questions about data center right yeah, okay. and uh, you know if I sometimes you're the customer and you think you know routing and switching yeah. Nexus switching right <laughs> So, so you kind of sometimes expect that. And I, I, I was getting frustrated at the job because I didn't know it. Okay. And so it, that was my primary driver to say, I really have to pursue certifications in, in data center, okay. specifically for Nexus. And so I went and did my CCNA data center. Yeah, okay. And then I just said, well, let's just keep going, you know. <laughs> really, so I mean, what, is there a benefit though? Because I mean, I guess that's the question. It's like once you have the CCIE, what's the benefit of the second CCIE versus just spending a month and learning, you know? Cause sort of, you know, that's what a lot of people miss is there's learning material and then learning it well enough to pass a test. And right. those are two, two different critters. I agree, but I think as a consulting role, which is kind of a unique role in the industry, a lot, almost everybody that, that's a network engineer is, is reactive or uh, implementation or engineering. Yeah. I'm, I'm consulting and that's not, as prominent in the industry. And I feel like as a consultant, my customers expect me to walk in the room and be the expert, right? Okay. And I wanted to be the expert. I didn't want to have a CCNA level of data center knowledge. It's just dangerous enough where I knew about <laughs> it, but enough to cause problems. Yeah. I wanted to say, I know everything about it and I can help you with that, you uh -huh. know? Um, so that was my real driver. I, I figure if I'm gonna go in, let's go all in, you yeah. know? So then are you gonna go for the third, fourth? You're gonna round it out, do all of them? The short answer there is no, I'm <laughs> no. not going to. So why, why is that? So why would you go for two and not three? Well, I think when you get one CCIE, yeah. everybody is really impressed, right? You, you've got yeah. one, you've got this instant reputation. Wow, that's a hard thing to get. When you get two, I think people say, man, how did you get two? That's really impressive. Yeah. When you get three, four, five, six, yeah. uh, you know, no offense, Brian Dennis or McCann <laughs> or anybody, but I, you know, I know at least for my job, yeah. it, it's like, okay, like enough's enough. Like, what, are, you, are you doing your work at your job? Like, there, there's just diminished returns, right? There's not, um, I don't see as much of a, a driver for it. I feel like people start to almost like resent you a little bit. Like, what are you, right. are you doing your work? Or are you just <laughs> studying for certs? And like, yeah. I feel like there's a happy medium there. I don't want to go all the way to the extreme and try to get every single one. I, yeah. I'm comfortable with two. 
Um, I don't know that there's much of a reward for me to go get three. So. Okay. And then having two, because what every two years you have to recertify. And apparently that's not that easy either. Well, the good news is yeah. if you have two CCIEs, the way that you recertify them is you just only need to take the CCIE written and pass yeah. for one of them. Oh, really? so, or, okay. or even for another track. So if I, I have routing and switching in data center, I could take the CCIE written for service provider or security. And as long as I pass those, it renews my, my two CCIEs. Um, or I could take the, the, the written for route switch or data center, same story. So then you're saying why you went for data center, but just out of curiosity, for your first CCIE, routing and switching, that seems kind of plain Jane, a little vanilla. Is that why you went for it? What, what, was the, what was the impetus for that being your first one? It's because most of the other technologies, not, not all, but most of them build on routing and switching. Okay. Data center is a great example of that. Yeah. Having a CCIE in routing and switching and then going for a data center CCIE, yeah. it made that data center CCIE so much easier. Yeah. But, you know, at least on the Nexus side. So the data center track is split into uh, essentially three pieces. You've got Nexus, you've got UCS and you've got storage, yeah. and then you've got a little bit of like virtualization with the Nexus 1000V as another piece. But, um, you know, studying the Nexus piece of it for the certification, it, Nexus is basically advanced switching. So if you understand, mm. if you yeah. know routing and switching, yeah. Nexus isn't a stretch. You're just looking at what are the new features in the data center piece with mm. the Nexus platform, and then it's so easy to learn it based on you, you know, the foundation you've already built in the route switch track. Yeah. So the other reason for CCIE route switch first is, again, I had no prior experience in the industry. Yeah. So why not learn the you know, foundational stuff as best as I can learn it if I want to expand out into the other CCIE branches or other technology branches? Okay. And then, so, so you've had your CCIEs a little while now. So you got your first one in 2013. And you got into tech in 2010. So this is like two and a half years, two, two and a half years at your CCIE? Yeah, that's right. So um, actually though, I, I did have my CCNA before I got into the industry. So you okay. can kind of add that onto the timetable there uh, if you want. So yeah. I, I got my CCNA, then I started in the industry. Okay. Um, and then after that, I, I was pursuing a CCNP just on my own. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I didn't I didn't have any like financial support for those. I wasn't a Cisco employee at the time, you know. Yeah. So um, so I didn't have any incentive or or paid thing. So I was kind of taking those three tests on my own on my own dollar. Yeah. Uh, so that took a little while. It took uh, probably about a year. Okay. And then after that, I got my CCNP, and that's when I switched to being a network consulting engineer at Cisco and okay. became a full time Cisco employee. Okay. Um, Cisco offers good good. Um, you know, uh, help getting certifications depending on your job role and things like that. They, they, they may or may not financially help you pay for the tests and, um, and things like that. So once I moved to this team, the very first thing they said to me on the team is, yeah. go be the first person on the team to get your CCIE. So, oh, really? um, so I had a lot of resources behind me, a lot of time that was given to me by my management, my team to, to be able to achieve that goal. Yeah. That's huge. I yeah. mean, you don't get, you, you know, you, it's hard to get a paycheck and study for your CCIE at the same time. Yeah. right? Um, and I had that opportunity for a little while while our team was still growing. We were still kind of looking for work. And so they said, well, in the meantime, go get your CCIE. You know? yeah, and, okay. uh, and, and that's what did it for me. That's why my time frame, because a lot of people say, you know, you got your CCIE pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. And I said, well, I had a lot of help. I mean, yeah, okay. I had a lot of on the job uh, time. But don't get me wrong, I spend a lot of nights and weekends too. <laughs> but so if, you, so if you work at a company like Cisco, then that can greatly accelerate the speed. Because that's, that's what I'd heard, like I say, I had always heard five years, 
but talking with people here, they say, yeah, well, unless you have a literally complete Cisco lab, like right above you. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, so even back then, a couple of years ago, it was a lot harder to get your CCIE because everybody needed the physical equipment or you needed to, you know, do an INE rack rental, right? Yeah. Um, and, and even still, you can do those rack rentals and that's fine, but everything's virtual now. So oh, it's yeah. a lot for the route switch track. Everything is virtualized. So it's a lot easier to get those rack rentals. It's a lot easier to create your own topology or, or lab yeah. virtually now uh, if you've got a server, you know, so finding resources is a whole lot easier to get your CCIE now, whereas back then it was a little bit of a struggle. Oh, that's I, I didn't think about it. So you can actually virtualize all the way up to the CCIE level. You can virtualize all your, your entire lab now. You can for route yeah. switch. You can for and route, and yeah, actually yeah. so the difference between the CCIE version four and CCIE version five when Cisco released version five yeah. is that CCIE moved to uh, I mean Cisco moved to a virtual platform. So they basically removed the physical hardware and said, okay, we're gonna use a virtualized platform. Yeah. And that's what you're testing on when you walk into the CCIE routing and switching lab today. Now here's one of the arguments, we had a meetup last night, we we're all arguing about virtual versus physical. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that from a training perspective? Because a lot of us were arguing, we don't know why, I know it sounds stupid as hell, but simply having a switch in your hand, there's something that kind of makes it real, at least for some of us. So how do you, like if somebody just studied completely virtually, do you think that's, that's as good as touching things well, too? Well, I'm almost embarrassed to say, but um, my entire CCIE journey, yeah. I, I don't think I ever touched a router or switch, ever. Really? I, I don't think so. Um, I mean, I've toured the Cisco labs. I've seen all the equipment. Yeah. I You can look it up online and see what it looks like. I never racked and stacked a single thing. Really? Um, it was all rack rentals. Um, you know, everything from, from my standpoint, whether it was physical or virtual equipment, for mm -hmm. me, it was all virtual. For me, it was, you know, connect into the rack that's already built for me and then do the labs. Huh. So do I feel like there's a disadvantage there? Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, I couldn't walk into a lab today and rack and stack something and I have two CCIEs. How, you know, so so I, I'm embarrassed to say that. But my job role doesn't require me to do that. My job role requires me to do the virtual aspects of you know, looking at configurations, looking yeah. at the information of what hardware is installed in the network and, and deciding where is it in the hardware lifecycle and does it need to be replaced or yeah. you know, so I think the answer is dependent on your job role, right? Is it, it, it is a disadvantage to me, but mm -hmm. not today in my current job role, it's not. Yeah. For other people who might be, you know, technicians that go on site and install things, yeah. sure, yeah. it's absolutely a disadvantage, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but it was not required for me to get my CCIE. I'll put it that way. That's interesting. Then how did you find going from the routing and switching uh, CCIE to the data center CCIE? Was it, was it relatively easy, 90% the same, or was it an entirely new test? The storage piece and the UCS piece mm. and the Nexus 1000V piece were totally foreign to me. Yeah, so okay. most of the criteria on the exam were brand, brand new to me. Um, I had not worked with MDS switches for storage. Yeah. Um, I, I had not worked with UCS at all other than hearing the acronym. So for me, that was totally new. Hmm. Nexus I knew about because it bled over into my job a little bit. Yeah. And that was the easiest piece for me to learn. The hardest piece for me was the UCS piece because of all of the virtualization that you need to wrap your head around. Yeah. It, it was hard for me. Okay. But, and, and I would still admit that's my, still my weakest area out of the technologies that I know, I know UCS is probably my weakest area. Interesting. 
And then so with the two CCIEs and you're doing the consulting with Cisco, then the question comes up is how much, how much do you know or are you require to know about the other vendors? Like, you know, like with Juniper or with HP, is it kind of like, oops, that's not my thing or I know enough to make sure you don't break anything? So or? you're referring to on the job role or on the exam? Uh, well, for you, just, just in general, oh, do, you, do you know anything about the other ones? So the way I phrase it to people is, I'm a Cisco purebred. Really? Um, okay. I, have a CC, you know, I have all the Cisco certifications, and yeah. I have not worked for any, anybody really for any length of time outside of Cisco. Yeah. So I tell people I'm Cisco purebred. Um, I, I've seen configurations of, of the other vendors, but yeah. I, I don't, I've never worked with it, so I wouldn't call myself even, I, I would say definitely beginner level, if not no experience on some vendors. Yeah. So. Does that cause you any problems, and like especially being the cons like doing that consulting role for outside companies? Like, it doesn't. I, I don't yeah. feel like customers feel that they're going to hold me responsible for not knowing that. I mean, oh, okay. they bring us in as a Cisco consultant, and and they know that I'm a Cisco employee. So I, I don't yeah. think I've never run into a situation where where I've been questioned about why don't you know this cross vendor uh, information. Yeah. Does Cisco support or help? Anybody learn like like the cross vendor stuff again, just for, just to be well rounded, or is it like where Cisco? I think that the labs. So Cisco has the capability to do like lab recreates. Like for yeah. example, if you open up a, a TAC case for support, sometimes the TAC engineers will recreate issues for you. Hmm. I do believe there is some cross vendor equipment yeah. in the labs that yeah. it's kind of a sandbox. So you could say like put it in my lab recreate and then. Yeah. But I feel like it's on a case-by-case -case basis. So, so like maybe you know it, maybe you don't know it, and so therefore you either try to your best to support that particular recreate scenario or you don't. Yeah. Um, but the, I don't think there's official policy necessarily around it. Right. And then with all the training and certifications then, um, is there financial support for that? Do they? Because I, I had heard like with CCI, I was surprised that they, they reimburse you for the past when you pass the test. Mm -hmm. So if you fail it 10 times, Here's $1,500, not $15,000. <laughs> yeah, so the official policy is, um, as of today, Cisco will, um, they'll basically cover three, three of your CCIE lab exams for each track. So no, really. what I mean is, if I was taking the routing and switching exam, my first two attempts are, are paid for as a Cisco employee, okay. and then they pay for your passing attempt. So if I take a third attempt and I fail, uh, they don't pay. But then if I take my fourth attempt and I pass it, then th I would get that $1,500 right, that you're referring to. So they ultimately will pay for three as long as you, you pass it. And then I can switch tracks like data center track, same exact thing. Yeah. Uh, so they're kept separately. It's not three attempts across tracks, it's three, three attempts ultimately per track. Right. So that's a pretty good incentive to, to take it, right? Because mm -hmm. I, I do think one of the barriers to people passing the CCIE lab is, is the financial aspect Whereas, I, you know, if I do interviews for, for our job, I see on the resumes a lot, CCIE written, CCIE written, you know, and some people have multiple CCIE written route huh. and switch, CCIE written security. And, and I do feel like it's a financial barrier. People don't want to pay $1,500 and, and go fail the exam. And yeah, yeah. Uh, in the words of the, the proctor of the CCIE lab, he'll say, you had a $1,500 lunch. <laughs> so. Well, I guess that's one thing somebody brought up last night was, uh, the, uh, I, I never thought about it with a CCIE level, but that you can brain dump it, that they were literally saying, I guess for the written test, like I guess you can just study really hard what the questions are supposed to be. When you see somebody that just has the written, 
how much do you trust that is actually being worth very much? So I approach my interviews in the same way if I do interviews, right? Yeah. Um, so I basically follow a similar question set each time I do the interviews. And, and the questions, so, so one thing I don't like about like the CCAE written exam, for example, is yeah. what port number does blah, 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 right? Or what packet level detail about the, it's, it's the things that you can Google in less than 30 seconds that I don't think should be on the exam, yeah, right? Okay, We've yeah. got Google as a resource today. I, if my customer asks me a question about that and I can Google it in 30 seconds or less, I don't need to, to keep that in the memory bank, right? Yeah. I can look it up. Um, so the questions that I ask in my interview are conceptual, right? I try to keep it as fair as possible because if you know the concepts, you should be able to answer every question in my interviews. It's not, uh, I'm not asking about, uh, you know, what port does BGP run on, mm. you know, I'm not expecting you to sit there and say, oh, I don't know, 179, right, TCP 179. Yeah. I'm asking you questions about why would I need the next hop self command in BGP? What, what is that? What problem does that solve? What conceptual problem? Mm. So I think it's easy to spot the cheaters because, <laughs> and we do that even with our new hires. So we, we bring in new hires, we put them through um, boot camps and things, and, and we help them get certified. Yeah. And we expect that they come out with, at a CCNP level ready to be consultants at yeah. a minimum. Yeah, yeah. And what we do when they come out of that training program, which is anywhere from three to six months, mm. is we, we put them in this, what we call the tech panel. And, yeah. um, it's a couple of engineers and a manager, and we sit in there and we ask the same round of questions to each of the engineers that came out of the training, and then we stack rank everybody. How did you do? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's easy to pick out the people who cheated. Right. Because if you, if you dumped an exam, you might know the port numbers, but you don't know the concepts, right? Okay. It's the concepts that you can test people on to prove that they didn't cheat. So do you figure you're kind of normal with how people get interviewed then in the networking world? Or is this your style of doing it? Honestly, I don't know. I haven't yeah. done, I haven't been on the other end of a lot of the interviews for the tech industry. It's the way that I feel is most fair yeah. in order to assess your skill level and decide whether or not you actually know the material. Yeah. Um, so the other approach that I take in the interviews is I will ask questions all the way up until you say three words, I don't know, because hmm. we're hiring for consulting role. So yeah. if you never have the ability to tell your customer that you don't know, but you'll yeah. get back to them, yeah. what are you gonna do, lie? <laughs> you know. So <laughs> it, it's, it's a tough situation, right? As a consultant, yeah. the customer has never said to me, oh, you don't know off the top of your head? Yeah. I mean, my answer to them is, I don't know, but I'll find out for you, right? Okay, yeah. I need to hear somebody say, I'm just not sure, yeah. instead of try to work around it or not give me the answer that I'm looking for, because as a customer, I want the answer, yeah. right? Yeah. So I think that's the other tactic that I, I use in my interviews. So. so then you're talking about, <clears throat> so they have the internal boot camps. I mean, does Cisco literally take a complete novice that doesn't know anything about networking and accelerate them through, or do you have to be CCNA? How does that work then? Over the years, so our team's been around for about three and a half years. Yeah. Over the years, we have changed a little bit. So um, originally we were more lenient we would take people that did not necessarily have any background, huh. uh, even people without a CCNA or certification at all. Huh. And that's pretty rare. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I'll say that was a good opportunity for people to get in that didn't have that experience. So we used to take um, people that, that don't, it's not to say that we wouldn't today. Yeah. We still do uh, occasionally, but now that we've more refined and we've got a higher workload and we need to fill these types of you know positions more quickly and bring people up to speed more quickly. Yeah. We usually will will shoot for CCNA at least, um, and then 
then get to CCMP level. So if people are so new and then you're accelerating them, what, what's, what are like the personality, what are the traits then? Because obviously if you're barely a CCNA, who the hell knows what you can do technically. So then, then what like non-technical traits are you looking for? The key word that we use on the team is what we call technical aptitude. Okay. And what that means is we need to know that maybe you don't know the technology information today, yeah. but the feeling that we need to walk away from in the interview is that you have the ability to learn technical information and then convey it to others. Okay. So sometimes if we're doing an interview for somebody that doesn't have, even have any certifications or no networking experience, our question is, describe something, anything technical to me mm. and you know, tell me everything you know about it. And it, we're looking for people to clearly enunciate and, and depict some sort of technical thing. I don't care if it's you know, changing the oil on your car. Yeah. I just need to know that you've got the ability to learn that and then relay it back to a customer or another person, right? You need to understand what you're talking about and then help somebody else understand what you're talking about. Yeah. And we basically define that as technical aptitude. Okay. And then how do you how do you find people then? Especially is, is there a Craigslist ad that goes out or like how do you? So that's a that's actually really good. Um, that's a point I meant to bring up earlier. Yeah. We do a lot of what we call university hires. Huh, so okay. we have something called the University Connection at Cisco. Cisco is big on on hiring um, and giving people that just came out of college a chance yeah. to you know get in the industry and not mm. be beat out by other people who may have experience or are not in school. Okay. So we actually hire in two separate ways. We have what we call the university hire track, and then we've got the professional hire track. Okay. And they're totally separated. So what that means is if we get an opening in the university hire track, we can only hire people qualified from the university hire. So only mm. people that either are just about to graduate college or will graduate, I think in the next two, I mean, uh, I think have graduated already to in the last two years. And then anything okay. after that, we consider a professional rec. Yeah. So on our team, we split the way that the positions are hired. Um, we actually even do mostly university hires with some professional hires. So what yeah. that means is, you know, for the people coming, coming out of school, Cisco is giving opportunities for you to get a job because those job spots are reserved for you as a, a new graduate or yeah. about to graduate. So what about, what if you're just the 19 year old kid that didn't go to college who's trying to get in? Is that a possibility? Is it much of a possibility? Well, um, it's gonna be hard. Really? Okay. That's where the certifications would help somebody like that out. Yeah, okay. um, the other thing is, the one other thing that I didn't mention about the different hiring tracks is we also do veteran hires. So if that 19 year old person happens to be a veteran, um, you know, maybe uh, one year, right? <laughs> veteran, yeah, yeah, yeah. however that works. Um, we do also, you know, have specific veteran roles as well. So okay. something to keep in mind. So even though you have a, an, was an environmental science degree, do you, do you feel that bachelor's degree has helped you even though it's something different? I know that a lot of the positions specifically at Cisco require a bachelor's degree. Yeah. They don't necessarily specify what it's in. Really? So, yeah, I mean, obviously for me that worked out, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, that's almost that's almost my opinion about it anyway, which is yeah. like, I feel like nowadays everybody's getting a bachelor's degree, right? Yeah. A lot of people are. Yeah. And, and what does the bachelor's degree prove at this point? Does it prove that you're an expert in environmental science? Uh, Maybe, probably not. You know, it, what it proves is that you were willing to do a four-year track, yeah. uh, sacrifice that period of time, be dedicated, do some hard work, yeah. and, and achieve a bachelor's degree. Mm. Unless you're a lawyer or a doctor, I'm not sure that it's super important what exactly that bachelor's degree is in nowadays. Yeah. That's my retrospect view of college. Is, uh, 
I have an environmental science degree. <laughs> I have a bachelor's. Right? Yeah, That's but... the quote that I'm using there. So if we go back, so you're a bartender, you come to this area. So you, like, I don't, I don't think of this as a spontaneous area. I think of like Berkeley, California, <laughs> New York is a spontaneous area. But you spontaneously come here. You, you do the, the bartender thing. And then so how do you get the, the, the job at the help desk with Eastman Kodak? Yeah, so that was my first, that was my first industry job. Yeah. Um, so after I got my CCNA as a bartender, yeah. I, I really just started putting my resume out there. Uh, I did go to a couple of recruiting firms and what I, pretty much what I was told is if you only have a CCNA and <laughs> you don't have any experience in the industry, you're not going to get a networking job. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I didn't believe them necessarily. I did try uh, to get networking jobs and, and uh, I put my feeler out kind of almost everywhere, but their advice to me was get a help desk job, get an IT help desk job. Yeah. Um, and I said, yeah, I don't really want that, but I'll put some feelers out there. And then I'll also put feelers out there for network jobs and see if I get a network job, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I did not get a network job. <laughs> okay. I got a help desk job. And so they were right. Yeah. Um, and, and so I ended up working at Kodak. So I was doing, doing um, I was working in a call center basically, yeah. and yeah. we were troubleshooting the, the Kodak picture maker. So when you walk into CVS or you know yeah. one of the stores and you see the Kodak picture makers, yeah. when those broke, the store employees called me. Oh, okay. um, and so it was very, very little networking. Uh, a couple static IPs here and there. <laughs> yeah. It really wasn't a lot of networking at all. It was mostly troubleshooting, essentially those Kodak boxes or Windows machines. So it was essentially yeah. you're, you're troubleshooting Windows machines. Um, and, and, and I only really did that for like four or five months. Okay. And I got very lucky because yeah. I happened to be on a break at the job. Yeah. My cell phone rang. I didn't know the number. I picked it up anyway. And it happened to be a recruiter. And oh. the recruiter said, um, hey, you know, Steven, I saw your resume and I saw that you have a CCNA. How yeah. would you like to work at Cisco? Really? And I hadn't even applied at Cisco because I, in my mind, I'm saying, man, I, I don't have any experience. They're yeah. never going to hire me, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so I had about four, four or five months of experience at Kodak when I got this call and I yeah. said, I, I will sweep the floors at Cisco yeah. if you can get me in. And um, so she did, she got me in and I, I worked for about a year and a half as a contractor for Cisco yeah. and then I ultimately converted into a Cisco employee. So, so with that though, so did you just have your resume out on Monster or Career Builder or where, like how did, how did they come across? It was definitely on Monster, yeah, okay. I, know, I know it was. Um, I don't think I used Career Builder, but I, it, was, it was out on Monster. I think, you know, LinkedIn profile is a big one. Right. Right? I get a lot of hits on my LinkedIn profile all the time. But I, I, here's the thing, I see that now. I completely understand okay. that now. Yeah. I have no idea why anybody would care for a CCNA with five year, five months help desk experience. That's what I don't understand. I think the recruiters look. I do think the recruiters look. Because yeah. every position that we hire for on our team is yeah. not, we need a double CCIE or we need a CCIE. Yeah. We hire for positions that say minimum CCNA. Hmm. So the, those recruiters are not gonna go find CCIEs to fill that position because yeah. the money's not there, right? The CCIE's not interested. Yeah. So they're gonna go find the target audience for that job role and I do think that if you go on LinkedIn, you know, you can search and find who's CCNAs looking for jobs. And I think yeah. that's a great pool for the recruiters, you know. I, so I do think that they go find that stuff. I really do. So I guess that's one thing, too, with like resumes and all that. Obviously, we'll talk about it, but you've been, you seem pretty happy with Cisco. Um, but do you think resumes should be out there all the time? Because there's that whole argument, you know, when do you put your resume back out right, again? Right. And everybody has an opinion. So yeah. what, what, do you, what do you think? I agree. Um, 
I don't keep my resume out there. It's, yeah. you know, if you find me, on, happen to find me on Monster, you'll see my, probably my CCNA <laughs> resume. <laughs> oh, all right, all right. Um, but I do keep my LinkedIn up to date. So yeah, I, I, I mean, I think you have a copy of my LinkedIn profile, right? It's, yeah, it's yeah, totally yeah. up to date with my current job, my previous jobs, my skill set, my active certifications, um, any, any extracurricular stuff, like yeah, my yeah. CCIE route switch bootcamp from yeah. INE is on there. So um, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely keep that up to date and, okay. and I think I, a lot of people look at it. I don't ever close the door on opportunities, yeah. but it's gonna be awful hard to pull me away from you know, my current role. So, then, so you get hired as a contractor, which is the normal thing, but then the thing that can get wonky is going from the contractor to the full-time position. Mm -hmm. Was there anything, like how did that work out for you? Did they just come to you with a job? Did you bug them? Like... Sadly, I had to switch job roles at no. Cisco. So okay. I didn't leave Cisco. I was contracting at Cisco and then I converted at Cisco. Yeah. But I did change teams to do it. Okay. Um, I'm not sure that there's a lot of incentive for my recruiter to try to get me con converted, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, at the same time, it is a little bit of an advantage for Cisco to have a contractor employee because if, <laughs> if anything um, goes south with the industry or, or you know, we need to make cuts and things like yeah. that, it's easier, unfortunately, to, just to, to remove a contractor than it is to remove a full-time employee or, yeah. or a regular employee, I should yeah. say. Yeah. So I, I do. Um, I don't think there was really incentive from either my management or or my recruiter to get me converted. So I really pursued that on my own. You did. Okay. Um, I did ask on my current team. I did push for conversion. Yeah. Um, it was taking longer than I was hoping that it would take. So oh. I was. I contracted for a year and a half. I expected it to take about a year. So I was. I was getting impatient, and I, that's when I started looking around specifically for direct hire positions yeah. at Cisco. And then that's when I found the current role that I'm in today. Yeah. Um, so, the, so what's the uh, like? What's the difference, or why were you pushing so hard? Because I hear like with a lot of companies like Cisco, that contractor and employee, it's almost doesn't really. Basically, it's just the name you put on your resume. Was there a lot of? Is there a lot of functional difference between being an employee and a contractor? I, I feel like from a culture standpoint, you're correct. So yeah. you know, contractor, you know, we call them blue badge, right? The regular employees. Yeah. Um, from from a culture perspective, I mean, I don't everybody's on the same team, right? So yeah. on our team, it's, I, I forget a lot of times, oh, wait a minute, you're, you know, you're a contractor, I forgot. And yeah. the reason that that would come up in the first place is because uh, if, if there's conversations around benefits, mm -hmm. um, you know, or the CCIE thing that we were talking about earlier, yeah. um, as far as paying for the labs and things like that, that's a Cisco employee benefit. Yeah. Um, a contracting benefit is, is different. It's whatever benefits are offered by that contractor. So that includes health insurance and you know vision, dental, um, all of those things, as well yeah. as time off yeah. uh, and other things. So as a full regular Cisco employee, uh, it, it is a world of difference once you've converted to, to being a regular employee. Is, is it all cotton candy and like amazing <laughs> stuff? You know, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't have a bad thing to say about Cisco benefits. They're amazing. Uh, all right. So then, okay, so you start there as a consultant, then you go, you, you swap over. And then, so if you have here, it's, you know, network consulting engineer, consulting engineer two, consulting engineer three, <laughs> consulting engineer four. So how did these moves work? Were you just simply promoted? Again, was this something that you went after? I want to be a two. Like, what was the... 
it was it was largely based on certifications. So really? um, I came in as an NCE one when I had my CCNP. Okay. I changed to an NCE two when I got my CCIE written. Okay. I changed to an NCE three after my CCIE, and I changed to an NCE four after my second CCIE. Okay, so it's so it's not actually like a different job position. It's more just an identifier to say you're cool. It is. I, I my job role is ultimately I'm still a routing and switching NCE. That yeah. hasn't changed. Yeah. What has changed is. I do a lot more, I call them extracurricular activities, um, mm. you know, helping out with making sure our process documentation is okay, Man. doing global technical training for our own team. So, you know, we need a training, our team needs training on a routing protocol. I, I'll give the training, I'll create the content and I'll, I'll deliver that training okay. um, as well. So there's a lot more extracurriculars the more you, your position goes up. Uh, as far as, um, you know, the other thing besides just getting the certifications as far as, as getting the job move, mm -hmm. um, squeaky wheel gets the oil, you know. I do yeah. think a lot of people don't market themselves appropriately. <laughs> and I, I also believe I made that same mistake. When I was a contractor at Cisco, yeah. I don't, I did not do a good job of making sure that my manager knew what I was doing. <laughs> I knew that there were some above and beyond things that I was doing every day, yeah. and I know my boss didn't know about it. We worked yeah. in a hectic environment, it was very reactive, we were firefighting, and, and I didn't market myself appropriately in order to help them push me to get that conversion to regular employee or, or pay raises and things like that. Okay. And um, that's one of the things I tell people on our team all the time is market yourself. You know, when you do, it, doing the day-to-day -day job, that's expected, right? You come yeah. in and you do your work. It's the things that you do outside of that that's what's going to get you the promotion or the raise and hmm. and and some people do it yeah. but nobody knows yeah. so what's the point right <laughs> um, so actually we we do have a tool that we use at cisco and it, it's a way that we can document all of our you know accomplishments um for the fiscal year we document everything that we did yeah. inside or outside the box and then at the end of the year that's your thing right that's yeah. your that's your bulletin that you go to your boss and you say, look at these things that I did. Yeah. And you know, I, I think I'm ready to move to the next level. Okay. And um, I made a big point to do that when I moved over to this job because I think it's so important and I don't think a lot of people do it well. So I guess that's a question. Well, how do you do it well without <laughs> kind of being an ass? <laughs> yeah, so I just think that you're choosy about what you put in there, right? Uh -huh. um, and, and of course, language is, is appropriate as well, right? Yeah. I don't think, at first when I started doing it, I did feel like, okay, you know, I, how do I not sound like I'm just bragging about myself? Yeah, yeah. Um, at a certain point, I do think that you move past it because yeah. your boss wants to see that stuff. They don't know what you're doing. They really, truly want you to say these things. So mm -hmm. um, we have a program at Cisco where you can do peer recognition, meaning like, Hey, you really helped me out. I'll give you, you know, a $50 gift card or a $100 gift card. Um, and so it's a peer-to-peer -peer recognition award. So in our tracking tool for our performance achievements, that's something that's outside of my daily job, right? I receive yeah. this reward for doing something well. Yeah. My boss doesn't inherently know about that. Or at the end of the year, he doesn't remember yeah. that I had, you know, I got five of these in the year, right? So yeah. I document that in the tool. Um, I think that's a good example, right? Like, I'm not bragging about myself. Yeah. I'm documenting an achievement that somebody else recognized yeah. and telling my boss about it. Yeah. So. Okay. And then, so doing the Cisco, so working at Cisco, just out of curiosity, like, what is the work-life balance? Like, are you working 80 hours a week? No. no. <laughs> it depends on your team. Yeah. Our team, in a proactive consulting role, it's yeah. very flexible. Yeah, okay. So work-life balance is... 
is very important on our team and yeah. it's very prominent too it's not something that's just it's not just said and then nobody yeah. does it, it okay. it's done yeah um i i feel like i work an average 40 hour a week I, so uh -huh. i'm salaried but i i feel like i i'm usually you know give or take 40 hours yeah. and maybe some weeks are less and some weeks are more at the end of the day you know there's an understanding that everybody has a life so oh, okay. hey if you've got a doctor's appointment you yeah. know on friday afternoon just just go you don't yeah. you don't file you know time off requests or anything like that it's just right. an understanding that like look if the business needs you a little bit extra you'll be there yeah. and on the on the easier weeks like okay you maybe you taper off a little bit early that week so they know that at the end of the day, everything's going to wash out and it's all going to work out in the end. So, so they're pretty relaxed because talking with a few people, I guess one of the complaints is over the years, Cisco has become much more corporate than apparently it was in the past. But you're, you're just happy. As a person who's been at Cisco for five years, I, yeah. I truly feel like a, a newbie because yeah. everybody else you talk to has been there 15, 20, you know. <laughs> so I don't really have that perspective. I came in when it was corporate. I, it's still corporate. Yeah. I wanted corporate. You want so, <laughs> hey, that's it. Okay. So I'm happy, you know. Um, I, don't, I can't speak to the people who've been there longer that, uh, that might have that particular complaint yeah. just because I, I don't have that experience, you know. Huh. And then, so where do you see like your future going then? So you're like 28 now and you're level four. So the question, like in 10 years, like what's, what's your needs? You got two CCIE, so what's your, what's your new target? What do, you, what do you think you're gonna be doing? So I, I think there's two options for me. Yeah. Um, Cisco definitely has two tracks in place that I could take, at least two. Yeah. Track number one is what we call the Distinguished Services Engineer or okay. the DSE. The DSE and, and the, the Cisco Fellow is the top technical network consulting position that you can get at Cisco, and okay. it takes a long time to get there, and the yeah. guys who are there are, are really, really brilliant and smart. Yeah. Um, that's definitely a track for me. I could do that. Okay. Um, that's dependent on if I decide whether or not to stay in the technical role. Yeah. So the other track that I was talking about is managerial. Yeah, okay. So there's a lot of managers at Cisco who are technical in nature, and I think it improves their strength as a manager to have a little bit of technical knowledge. Yeah. So I do think that if I happen to get burned out on the technical side, staying current on certs and uh, you know constantly pushing forward on the technical side, which by the way, I'm not tired of that yet, obviously, right? Yeah. But I just got my second CCA, I wanna use it. Yeah. Um, but, but I do think that if I start to burn out a little bit on that down the road, there's managerial positions there for me as well. Okay. And, um, and Cisco takes good care of the managers too. So. Now, going into the future, would you go for any more edu like education, like the MBA or any of that? Or I don't know. I really haven't crossed that bridge. I'm still in the pushing forward on technical training, um, so I don't think we've talked about it yet, but yeah. after my second CCIE, one of the gaps that I realized is, which they're fixing in July, by the way, but the CCIE data center track did not include anything about automation or programming, uh, network, network automation and network programming, like, yeah. for example, using Python in order to, you know, change the network or, or do something to the network. I have, as you guys know, I have no prior, you know, programming experience, right? I'm yeah. totally new to programming. So one of the things I decided after the CCIE data center track, I said, man, if we're going to start talking about ACI, SDN, and programmability, I really need to start learning that stuff. And so yeah. one of the technical things I'm working on now is I'm taking some online classes for um, Python programming. Okay. And, uh, so, so while I'm not working on the Cisco certification right now, I'm still pushing forward in the technical aspect. So I don't know about maybe MBA yet, yeah. uh, maybe down the road a little bit for me, but I've got a six month old boy, so yeah. 
it's going to be a little bit harder for me for right now. Yeah. And now, I mean, you're not exactly a kid, but you are still relatively young and only 28. <laughs> and especially you got your CCIE before. Have you had any issues with that? Like Cisco just being a young, I mean, you're dealing with 50. Because we've talked with some 50-year-olds in here. So like literally, you're, especially with some of your work, you were half the age with some of the people you're working with. It's so funny that you bring that up because I, a lot of times I am the youngest person in the room. Yeah. So it, from my perspective, I try to put myself in the customer's shoes and the, the customer sees somebody that's 28 years old, walks in the room, um, youngest guy in the room, and this guy's supposed to be the expert. Right? Yeah, yeah. How is this guy gonna be the expert? So I, I struggle that I have probably that vision from the customer side sometimes. And, yeah. and I was actually on, on customer site last week or this week. Yeah. And we, we talked about it. We openly talked about it. I said, uh, they said something like, oh man, you know, you, young guy, you know, whatever the comment was. And I said, yeah, I'm typically the youngest guy <laughs> in the room, you know. Yeah. And um, what he said to me is, that's perfectly okay. You know, we, mm. we, we're talking about technology here. You either know the technology or you don't know the technology. Yeah. And at the end of the day, we proved that I knew the technology and, yeah. uh, and, and they were happy. Uh-huh. And so I think initial impressions of me, I do think people say, wow, young guy, you know, mm-hmm. how, how much is he gonna know? Yeah. Which I do believe was another driver for me to get certified because uh-huh. when you walk in a room and, and you can say what certification level you're at, yeah. I do think it buys you instant reputation. So I, I do think people say, okay, I, I have an idea of how much information this guy knows about a particular technology. Yeah. Um, and, and I do think that always helps me uh, as well when people find out. So, Do you do anything like, have you modified how you dress? Or like even communication, like sometimes like if you're younger, you start to think a little more about the words that you're saying. Mm-hmm. Do you bother with any of that or? I was a technical and professional writing minor in college. Okay. So, um, most of my communication is remote with the customer, so it's either phone or email. Okay. I don't go on site a whole lot, but email, I think it's huge. Yeah, um, okay. Even things like use of white space, um, yeah. use of certain words, things like that. I learned a lot about that in college, about how important it is that when you are giving an opinion or a recommendation or any piece of information through email, yeah. it's really, really important that your formatting is correct, your grammar is correct, the use of words is correct. Mm. Um, it, it needs to be well thought, well laid out. I mean, my wife makes fun of me because I proofread my emails over <laughs> and over and over and over before I send them, yeah. and uh, and she just clicks send. You know, so um, <laughs> yeah. it's huge to me. And, and, and at a verbal level, communication, yeah. same thing. Um, yeah. you, you need to, I, I think showing your intelligence, part of that is in the way that you communicate, right? Can you communicate effectively and make sure that the other person knows what you're saying? Um, Not that you just sound smart because you're saying these big words, right? (laughs) That works. And then going forward with your education at Cisco and with the education, like you talk about boot camps, but then you said you went to an I&E boot camp. Mm -hmm. So does Cisco do internal training? Do they reimburse you for outside training? Like how does that kind of, how does training work? Both. So... Cisco has a program called Cisco 360. That's the Cisco certification program. Um, I had no, you know, I wasn't really leaning either way with with either training boot camp. So my my real contenders was either gonna be INE or it was gonna be, you know, the Cisco training. Um, I ultimately, I kind of just went online, looked up some feedback and I found out INE had really, really good reputation. And I just didn't really think twice about it. I, yeah. I, if, if I decided to do Cisco 360, there's also an internal charge for that. 
So it wasn't oh, like there okay. wasn't going to be a charge for me to go do 360. Yeah, it was a charge either way. And I said, man, I&E, industry known, you know, well known, good reputation, why not? Yeah. And uh, no regrets there. So yeah. I used I&E for my second CCIE as well. And really? okay. It's amazing. So That's cool. And then I was looking here. So you got an award, though, to a Cisco. So the Cisco Advanced Services Horizon Award winner is that, like when you start talking about like awards, especially in the corporate world, again, the question becomes, is that impressive or is that a gold star to keep you around like is yeah that <laughs> so that's one of the things that when i put it on my linkedin profile i said you know i know a lot of people i know nobody outside of cisco is going to know what it is right because it's a cisco internal award yeah the horizon award is specific to advanced services at cisco so think about when i was talking about reactive versus proactive at cisco uh, the proactive network consulting side of cisco uh, the umbrella term is advanced services okay so this award is given out um, globally to advanced services employees and I, I think it's only four um, people each time they give out their it doesn't have to be people it could be groups and in my case I was actually part of a group that received the award um, the award is is pretty prestigious at least within advanced services because um, it's all about customers it's all about what we call CSAT or customer satisfaction yeah. so the customers get these periodic surveys they rate us on how well they think that, that we did yeah. um, you know it's out of a 5.0 and really Cisco doesn't settle for less than a 5.0 yeah. and, and I think Cisco's known for the good customer service that we give everything's about the customer yeah. and um, ultimately we, we really as a team delivered very well to one of our major customers and yeah. And they were just trying to recognize that and um, whether or not it's actually a good award or just like to keep you there, you know, whatever, it comes with a monetary value attached. So yeah, 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 uh, okay. I would say it's a good award. Yeah, there we go. Okay. And then that's like the final question that I have for you. So you have in here, blah, 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 that you do like volunteer experience. You're a food salvager. Uh, and then you're a builder at Habitat for Humanity. Mm -hmm. Now, with that kind of thing, is that one of those, you know, it's, it's just good for the soul or do you feel that that helps you with your career? Both because all of those volunteer events are are voluntary for us to go to, but they are corporate organized. Huh. So they're all um, organized by our team and by Cisco. Yeah. So we we partner with a lot of nonprofits and charities, uh, more than I could name, but those are two good examples of the food bank yeah. and then also Habitat for Humanity. So what we do is um, every. We try to do it every one, once per quarter. Sometimes it's a little bit longer than that, but uh, it might be maybe two quarters. But we we will set up an event as a team. Yeah. We'll go out and we'll do whatever they need us to do. Yeah. And the better thing about that is all of the hours that we work on that particular volunteer event, like building the houses or salvaging the food, Cisco matches all of our hours and pays a, an hourly rate for every hour that we work and does a monetary match. Really? So um, okay. you'll see when you walk into the North Carolina Food Bank, there is a huge checkup on the wall from Cisco for the amount that we donated last year. Yeah, um, cool. And it, it's, a lot of it is matched hours that we went out and we worked and then Cisco matched the hours with pay and yeah. paid the company as well. That's so cool. um, it's good for the soul, good for the career, good for the company, good for everybody, I think. That works. So for the final thing, if you had a piece of advice, 22-year-old bartender out there, <laughs> in 2016, so you did this in 2010, what would be your advice for them to do? Well, um, I'll tell you, even if you're younger than 22, yeah. one of the things that I wished I knew about in high school yeah. was Cisco certifications or, or, or IT certifications or 
um, you know, you see all of these schools sprouting up for the vocational training, right? Mm -hmm. Go to our school, we'll train you on the, for the job, and then you go out and do the job, right? Mm -hmm. Man, I, you know, that was, that was small back when I was in high school. It's yeah. big now. Those, that's awesome. I wished I had known about certifications. The, the younger you can start them, the better. And, okay. uh, you know, I, I, you can take most of the Cisco certs before you're 18. I, I think CCIE is 18. Yeah. But, um, you, you know, the sooner you can get those certifications, even if they're not Cisco certifications, you know, even if you can just get certified and, or vocational training, it's priceless nowadays. Mm -hmm. it, it really, really is. I, I wish I could go back in time and, and, and know about that. Yeah, okay. um, that would be the biggest thing for me is, you know, don't, don't wait. And, yeah. uh, and everybody always has an excuse for why they can't get their CCIE or why they can't get their CCNA or they're working on it. And I hear it all the time in the interviews. I'm, I'm working on it, I'm working <laughs> on it. Well, you've been working on it for, you know, three years. Like, what, so, yeah. so my advice is, you know, go for it because I, I'm living proof yeah. that having certifications can really change your life. Really? And it changed mine. It, there's no reason that it can't change yours because I had no background in this stuff yeah. coming in. And, and here I am, you know, five or six years in and I, I've got a great career. So cool. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. So this was uh, Stephen DePippo, Team Lead, Network Consulting Engineer 4. Four. Next time will be five at Cisco <laughs> Systems. Uh, as always, I enjoyed uh, doing this interview and look forward to seeing you guys in the next one.